0: Well, so most of you know, I've had a number of jobs over the years. Uh, I was a worship leader uh, in a church. I was an actor trying to make it. And uh, I was a paralegal for quite a few years to put food on the table. And during all of those positions, I was trying to learn how to speak the lingo in whatever arena I was in. As a, as a theater major and then an actor, I tried to see the shows that everyone was talking about. You know, I tried to know the songs that were big and the plays that were all the rage those days. As a worship leader, I tried to know what the big song was at the time or who the big worship leader of the year was. Uh, As a paralegal, uh, I learned what I could about various legal terms and jargon so that I could keep up with my attorneys. Um, And it was more than just knowing the right things it was also doing the right things in those circles i would go to conferences i'd be at auditions i would take classes i would try to get some certifications for things uh, all that sort of thing so and while there's nothing wrong uh with any of that in particular what i was really trying to do was to show everyone that i belonged where i was right i i was part of the in crowd There, you know, I I knew what people were talking about. I was worthy of being in their company, right? And in our passage today from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Jesus talks about this. Uh, We've made it all the way through chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount goes through chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew. We've made it through 5, and we're starting into chapter 6 today. Uh, It's a bit of a longer passage, but we're going to get through it, no problem. We're starting in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says... And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So let's walk through this a little bit. Verse 1 is just a summary statement for all that follows afterwards. So verse 1 tells us to not practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. And then the rest of the section gives us three examples of how that principle applies. Right? In the areas of giving to the needy, of praying, and then finally fasting. Then verse 2 starts with when you give to the needy, and notice it says when. When you give to the needy. Giving to the needy is assumed by Jesus here. In fact, he starts all three of these sections with when. So when you give, when you pray, when you fast. These things are assumed of Donkey Kingdom citizens. Then it says to not announce your giving with trumpets. Now, I don't, I don't think there are any examples from antiquity where people would actually you know, try to grab everyone's attentions using trumpets You know, whenever they were giving alms to the poor and grabbing trumpets and announcing it. It was an expression. Essentially, it was saying, don't make a big deal out of it. Okay? Keep it on the DL. You know? Today, we'd say something like, hey, when you're giving to, giving to someone in need, don't come to church on a Sunday. Run up here, grab the mic from Tara, and say, hey, everybody, guess what I did this week? You know? So that's, that's what it's talking about here. We're supposed to give quietly, not make a big deal out of it. Because when we try to get attention because of our giving, And who are we really doing it for? It's for us, right? We need to get to the point in our spiritual and emotional maturity that we don't care if anyone sees when we give. We don't care who gets the credit. This is about doing what God calls us to do and being fine if he's the only one who sees it. Moving on to verse five, Jesus tells us to have the same mindset when it comes to our prayers. So, have you ever been on like Instagram or some social media and you, you see someone who's grammed their devotional time, right, their time with God that morning? There's a there's a picture of a, a pretty heavily filtered picture. You know, and and there's an open Bible, usually it's really thick with lots of highlights and underlines in it, and some they've got their glasses sitting on top of it neatly, and there's you know, they've got a notebook or a leather journal next to it, and a steaming cup of coffee or, or tea next to it. And I see those and I'm not I'm not quite sure how I'm supposed to feel about those pictures. You know, like Congratulations on finding a cozy spot, you know, to Spend time with God. Good job on on spending time with God today. Did he tell you to tell me about it? You know, congratulations, finding 10 free minutes to find just the right filter for that for that picture. It's a good job. Now, look, I, I post things on Instagram myself, like quotes from books that I'm reading and things like that, things that I feel like, you know, I really benefited from, and so I want to share that with others to see if, you know, to, to see that maybe we could all benefit from those kinds of things. So I don't want to get too judgy here, Okay, it's entirely possible that the folks who are posting these nice pictures at times of their times with God, maybe they're simply trying to show their non-Christian friends that, that they prioritize this, right? That this matters in their lives, in their schedules or something like that. So, you know, give a little bit of uh, credit here. But it always just struck me oddly, you know, when I saw those posts. And sometimes when you make those kinds of posts, you determine how successful it was by the number of likes, that it gets, which can potentially reveal a motive of performance, maybe. And continuing with that idea, it then says that uh, if our prayer times are out in public for people to see, and we're doing it for people applause, then that will be the extent of the applause that we get. That will be our reward in full. The number of likes will be our reward for that time with God that morning. Jesus actually says this in the giving section that we just read, and then he says it in the next section about fasting. If we're engaging in these practices in order for people to see us and think well of us, then that'll be the extent of the reward. People might think better of us. And it's okay for people to think better of us, right? It's better than the alternative. (laughs) But it's kind of like trying to convince someone that you're humble. Right? If you ever have to try to convince someone that you're humble, no, man, I swear I'm so humble. Don't let yesterday fool you. You know, like, then you're probably not truly humble. If you're actually serving the needy, if you're actually spending time with God in prayer or actually fasting, you probably don't have to tell people about it. You know, sure, fewer people might know that you're doing those things, but it'll also probably just come up naturally. They'll be able to see it in the fruit of your life. So Jesus then says this about prayer. Look, if you want a truly rewarding prayer life, one that isn't hypocritical or showy, then go to your room and pray by yourself for an audience of one, me. Now, a couple things about prayer here. Uh, Jesus actually will go on and uh, give the audience here a model prayer. He doesn't just give some general instruction about prayer and leave it at that. He goes on to give a practical example of how to pray. Many people call this uh, model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, And we're going to get into that one next week. Uh, We're gonna have a little series within a series. We're gonna do a short uh, mini series on the Lord's Prayer in the middle of this uh, Donkey Kingdom Manifesto series. So be looking forward to that one. It's a great, great prayer. Uh, But secondly, he says something interesting here to close this particular section. He says, don't try to say really big words or say a ton of words, to try to get God to hear you. God hears you anyway. And then he says, your father knows what you need before you even ask him. So, if God knows what we need before we even ask him, and so we therefore don't have to use big or plentiful words, the obvious question that follows then is, why pray? Right? Well, the answer to that is, is bigger than I can touch on in a brief side point in a sermon. Uh, so maybe we do a, a whole series on this at some point. But I'll just say this, and then if you have questions afterwards, uh, we, can, we can talk about it. We need to understand that asking God to do things or to help us in some way is only one part of prayer. It's important, and God wants us to bring our requests to him. He actually delights when we come to him with our needs. It it shows him that we actually believe what we profess, right? That, that he's powerful and good enough to hear us and then act. But listen, prayer is less about asking God for things and much more about just being with. It's about presence. Not T-S presence, C E presence. <laughs> Why do we like spending time with really close friends or family? Right? It's, it's, it's not because they can give us stuff, right? Although I'm sure that they'd give us you know, the shirt off their backs if, if we needed it. But we spend time with these people because we just enjoy being together. Right? We, we love that we love that other person and they love us, and so we want to spend time together. That's prayer. That's what prayer is. It's an open pathway for communication and connection with God. We don't just pray to see if God will hear and move. We pray to be with Him. He has allowed prayer to be one of the methods that we use to talk to Him and just be with Him. And like I said, he does indeed act and move when we pray and take our concerns to him. It's good to do that. But listen, if if that is our only reason for approaching God, if we only go to God to have requests taken care of, then it kind of tends to reveal that we see him maybe more as a service provider than a relational, loving father. Requests are a big point of prayer, yes, But the bigger point is presence. The answers to our asking for things prayers are kind of secondary to the point. So yes, God knows what you need before you even ask. So you don't need to use a ton of words or flowery vocabulary to, to communicate your thoughts to him clearly. But he wants you to come anyway. He loves it when we bring our burdens to him. But the biggest thing is that when we come to him in prayer we are with So then we skip uh, the passage that has the Lord's Prayer in it, which, again, we're going to be coming back to next week. And we go down to verse 16 to 18 here because it's, it's, keeps it keeps the same teaching structure and, and ideas here. The theme is going to be kind of the same as it was for giving to the needy and for prayer. Don't make it obvious to people that you're doing it. Right? Don't walk around when you're hanging out with people going, oh, I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> but I'm fasting for Jesus. So, you know, it's okay. I've been feeling much closer to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right now. Because I'm so hungry. Right? No. No, like that. I mean, if that's how you're feeling, great. But don't draw attention to that. Right? Jesus says to wash your face, put oil on your head. And this was basically just the way people took care of themselves back in the day. Right? So he's just saying, look, if you're going to fast... Take care of yourself. Do your hair the way you usually do it. Shave, take a shower, right? Put on deodorant, get put together, and let the fast be for God and God alone. And then we see in verse 16 that he again says that when you do this for other people, your full reward will be the praise of other people. That's all you're going to get. Now, another obvious question comes uh, after reading these three sections on giving to the needy and prayer and fasting. The question that follows then is, is serving the needy in a public place or prayer in public or fasting with a group of people, are these then wrong according to these scriptures here? Well, it's a good question, but uh, but the answer is no. It is not wrong wrong to give to the needy if there's someone there to witness it, right? It's not wrong to pray in public. It's also fine to pray long prayers and even use big words if they're the right words for the moment. It also doesn't somehow negate any benefit of a fast if someone finds out that you're doing it, right? In fact, all of these practices done in public can sometimes bring some fruit in your own life and in the lives of others, the point is our motives. Why are we doing these things? Remember remember in, in the uh, previous sermon on the Mount passage we've been looking at, Jesus keeps taking the points of the law and making them about the heart. right? That's the, it's the same idea here. The issue isn't so much the setting and where and how you give prayer fast. It's about your heart. Are you doing these things for recognition or because you love God? As part of Jesus' Donkey Kingdom manifesto, he's saying that as Donkey Kingdom citizens, our acts for God should spring from love for God. The actions that we do, the ways we practically work out our faith, these should spring from a heart that loves God and wants to be closer to him. That's our sole motivation. Not gaining attention or praise for ourselves. Our acts for God spring from our love for God. And as with so many other passages uh, in Scripture, uh, we today aren't all that different from the people who received these teachings originally from the mouth of Jesus himself. We, uh, we even have a word for these performative acts that are devoid of heart. It's called virtue signaling. I don't know if anyone's heard that phrase before. It's where, it's where you say or do the things that your preferred in-group would want you to say or do or expect you to say or do. This allows you to claim membership in these groups and signals your values to them. You know, it's what I was doing in my various settings that I found myself in. You know, and those were employment settings that I was talking about before, but it happens in our social settings too, right? True Star Wars fans will say that they like certain movies and dislike other ones, right? True fill-in-the-blank political party members will like this or that platform and dislike another true Eagles fans will hate the Giants (laughs) true Christians will sing these songs true brethren in Christers will believe XYZ we're still performing for others to show them our value our virtues in order to be praised and accepted by our preferred in-group so we're not all that different from the Pharisees or others who prayed in order to be heard by others or gave in order to be seen by others or fasted in order to be praised by others. We do the same things today. But when it comes to our faith and the acts that we do in our, uh, to grow in our likeness to Christ our acts for God should spring from our love for God. If we get this wrong we settle for something far lesser than what we are promised as followers of Jesus. Now, uh, I have to acknowledge that out there, right, outside these walls, outside of a Sunday morning, uh, once we leave here on Sunday, we might actually have the opposite struggle. <laughs> right? We're not doing anything publicly that might identify us as followers of Jesus. And that's a, that's a different issue altogether. Uh, but what if, what, what, about our, what about when we come together? Right? What about our, our Sunday morning times? What about when you get together with your, your life group? What do you talk about with people here on a Sunday? Are you trying to impress people or at least show them that you belong here? Right? What about when you're having an informal conversation with me? Right? Do you talk differently or emphasize different parts of your schedule? When you're with me versus when you're with somebody else, you know, as the pastor. Are you trying to impress anyone or prove that you belong here at Marsh Creek? Listen, we shouldn't be impressed with anyone who tells that they spend X amount of time in the Bible every day. Or they fast once a week or whatever it is. If your character doesn't line up with Jesus, we shouldn't be impressed. Because at that point, all that stuff is just busy work. If it doesn't make you more like jesus what are you doing right what are we doing what should impress us is when you've got that likeness of jesus thing going on right that thing that makes us say after we've interacted with you like there's something familiar about that person and then you're reading in the gospels later and you get to jesus and you're like oh that's why that person's familiar because they remind me of jesus that's impressive But who cares if we're impressed anyway? It's not about impressing people. As citizens of God's kingdom, our acts for God should spring from love for God. Not a desire to please someone else. Not from a desire to be seen or or gain praise from anyone else. Our acts for God spring from our love for God. Now, Jesus performed miracles that a lot of people saw right? Uh, Jesus sometimes prayed long prayers. And while Jesus didn't give a lot financially uh, to, the, uh, to the needy in the area because he didn't have money to give, uh, he did give freely of his attention and time and love. But we get a glimpse into his motives for those things as well. Because, man, when he, went, when he spent time with God, he went off by himself to be alone with the Father. He didn't try to make a show of it. In fact, there were times when his followers, his disciples, his students didn't even know where he was because he'd kind of snuck off to be with the Father. His acts sprang from his love. Has this ever been a struggle for you? Has any part of your faith been performative? Or for other people? Do you ever find yourself praying and trying to impress others if you're in a group? Or even if you're by yourself, trying to impress God with your prayers? (laughs) He sees your heart when you pray, He sees your heart when you give, He sees your heart when you fast. You don't need to make a show of anything. He's looking for your honest heart, your honestly devoted life. Are there any walls of pretense that need to fall in your life? I wanna take just a moment to evaluate to take stock of our own hearts. Just a moment. Look for those walls of pretense. Any performative aspects to your faith. And then I'll pray to close us out. Mm-hmm. reveal our own hearts to us. God, we need your spirit to show us ourselves. Help us to know us. (laughs) The motives of our hearts run deep, so deep that we can't even see them sometimes. And so, Father, as we examine ourselves, as we take a look at the ways that we live out our faith, Show us the areas that we need to reveal and open up and be honest about. Help us to live, practically live out our faith, to act out our faith because of our love for you, motivated by our love for you. Not to be seen, not to be accepted or praised, Help us to value that so little. Thank you for seeing us, for knowing us, and loving us anyway. Cleanse our hearts, purify our actions and our motives. May they be for you so that we change to become more like Jesus. Thank you for your patience with us, your faithfulness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.